Uh, you know, very excited. Uh, you know, always you know take advantage of every opportunity you get because uh, you never know when when's the you know the day that you know you may be sit down. But uh, you know, it's gonna be good. Uh, I'm gonna have fun with it. Uh, I love the game. I love the, I love the team. You know, I love like you know, everything that we have. So uh, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome into today's show. It is Tuesday, September 27th. That was Jacob Phillips that you were listening to there at the beginning, talking about his excitement around the unfortunate opportunity he's been given because of the Anthony Walker injury. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and that's going to be a focal point of our show. We are obviously going to talk about Miles Garrett and all that went down with Miles Garrett with our guest here in just a little bit, but I think you have to talk about Jacob Phillips a little bit here because he's got a huge opportunity in Fred Greetham. Uh, specifically talked to Kevin Stefanski and many others at the Browns facility about this opportunity Phillips has now stepping in next to what could be Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa if things work out uh, for his groin by Sunday. We'll see what happens there. Stefanski talked about, it gives an opportunity to talk about Jacob, how he played against the Steelers, which we thought was outstanding. Jacob will be our green dot moving forward. He does a nice job of communicating the two plays he made late in the game with the blitz and the sack and the pass breakup were outstanding, which I would agree. He said, I was proud of him because he put 12 guys out there on the defense. Wish you could put 12 guys out there on the defense. But uh, Anthony was listed as the starter early because those guys, both we both know what they're capable of doing. Uh, but with Anthony out, Jacob's in there, and we have a ton of confidence in him. And that's something that Phillips also talked about. Every time you see me in the game since my rookie year, I have a green dot. It's nothing new to me. I had the green dot last game of every year. Um, and he said he had it the last game last year. Obviously, different things, you know, uh, to do it officially. It's just another part of the job that you take on. He said, I like. He's very excited to take advantage of every opportunity he gets. It's going to be good. He's going to have fun with it. He loves this place. He loves this team. Um, I think, you know, Phillip's opportunity stepping in at Mike is going to be extremely interesting and how he's able to handle himself and handle the situation around him will also, uh, you know, the communication aspect, the green dot, all of that will be a key focal point this Sunday. I think it's best they're not running people into different you know, different mic backers on the field uh, because then you have different voices and different communication styles. So I, it's a little bit of a silver lining is you get to see what Jacob Phillips is really about because he's maybe he's a second contract guy or not. You got to figure that out. Right. And, um, you know, you also get a, a straight line of communication. Now, other things of note from practice, uh, Jadevian Clowney missed uh, practice today. Stefanski talked about the ankle injury, said there's a chance he goes this weekend. And then Taven Bryan, who had left with a hamstring injury, neither of those guys were seen on the field. So um, that's kind of the roundup from what we saw from Fred Greetham at the OBR at camp today. Otherwise, now we shift to our guest. We're going to talk to Chops here in just a minute. If you know Brown's Twitter, you know him. If you don't, then you're going to get to know him right now. Uh, obviously, the Miles Garrett situation is pretty uh, pretty unfortunate. It do- I don't know. Everything's kind of shrouded in mystery. We have been told after we recorded this segment of the pod, we were told that he did not break any bones, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is just okay. The car accident was really nasty, and um, I would, listen, I know we all are really happy Miles is good, and then our attention kind of turns to the Browns and whether he's going to be there or not because we know it's so important. We don't know at this time. We don't know. Uh, maybe we'll know some more later in the week, but I would bank on a guy getting into that ugly a car crash, probably not making an airplane trip down to Atlanta 
to play against the Falcons. That's just my guess. But again, we'll address the matter here in just a moment. Hopefully you guys do enjoy today's episode. We talk about some things you probably don't want to talk about anymore because it kind of coincides with where uh, you know the guest was with spaces and everything and the, the, the information surrounding Baker Mayfield, which unfortunately we're all going to be linked to Baker Mayfield for a while because it was such a key decision. So a little bit of that stuff coming up inside this conversation around the Browns' weapons and much, much more. We'll get to our guest right after a quick word from our sponsors. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250k in cash alone. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb your leaderboard for a shot to win big money every single day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to 5 player props even those over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up with this promo code, which is very simply for the fans of this podcast, OBR. Use that promo code OBR at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store and get a first deposit match up to $25. So again, promo code OBR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Again, that promo code, OBR, nohouseadvantage.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome in Chops into the show. You guys know who he is on Twitter, social, at pchops underscore. You guys have seen him there. You've seen him everywhere. He's on Spaces. What's up, Chops? How are you, man? What's going on, man? How you doing? 
We're okay. Kind of a crazy day, right? I, I know that we, you know, we, we're all thankful that Miles is good and, and healthy and all of that. And, and we all want, you know, the best for him. But but there is a Brown season here. And this does throw a chink into the armor of a defense that, man, they rely on him like crazy. So it, it could if he doesn't go this weekend, which we don't know yet. Uh, but but if he doesn't go this weekend, it's going to get a little more interesting down there in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We saw what Pittsburgh did with Clowney out two miles, you know, so if you take miles out of the equation, um, I don't, you know, as, as good as we think Alex Wright's going to be up front, I don't think anybody's really fearing him at the moment. And, uh, you know, like Rochelle, he's not going to strike fear in anybody. So, yeah, um, happy miles is good, um, you know, bigger than football. But, you know, when you are talking about a football game this week, you know, it is um, it definitely, I think, significant to this defense. Yeah, very, uh, very. I, I, don't, I don't know that many teams will if Miles is unable to go, and I think we got a little hint about Clowney maybe being able to go. If they both don't go, you're probably talking about uh, the edge group being one of the worst, I mean, the worst in the NFL in terms of sheer talent going into a game in Atlanta. And maybe, it, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. We'll see what happens, but you really want to have all your guns uh, blazing when you go down to Atlanta because their offense is interesting. It's got a lot of young talent, and and, and I certainly think they're going to need to pressure Mariota. They don't want him feeling comfortable. So we'll see what shakes out with that news this week. And like Chop said, man, we're just happy that Miles is good. He's okay because if you saw the pictures of the car, which have been out there kind of publicly by now if you're listening to this here on Tuesday morning, they were they were pretty gruesome, and it's uh, it's not a car wreck that you look at that and think everybody's walking away from it fine. So we'll see yeah. what happens. We'll see what happens, but pretty gruesome. It looked, it looked really bad. Really, really bad, especially kind of hard considering Miles getting into it, and as big as that dude is, and I know you've been up close to him too, like that guy's a massive human. Fitting into a Porsche of that size is kind of stunning that he, can, he can't even fit yeah, in. Yeah, right. He is, a, he is a large man. Yeah, it makes you think you, you're not from the same race, kind of like, you know, are we the human race? We're the same species here, man. But anyway, right. so let's let's shift over and talk. What I want to do is talk big picture with you because what Good you've luck. done here, you, you, you've been around some great places in the industry, man, and then, and then you got into the spaces stuff with the Browns as you kind of circle back to Cleveland-focused. What, what what, tell everybody who maybe doesn't have, they're just podcast people, where they can find spaces and like what's great about them on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so, you know, the spaces that I do, I usually do – uh, in season now, I'm probably doing four a week. Um, just, you know, can be found on my Twitter page, but I think there's also now a discover page mm-hmm. on, on Twitter. I think they added a little thing where you can like kind of search topics and sports and categories. And so they do pop up there too. And you know what? I just always liked them, you know, cause like you said, I've, I've been around the industry a little bit. I had a pod and, you know, did editorial stuff, you mm-hmm. know, written features, that kind of stuff. And it's just, I like it because it's like a new era of like sports talk radio, you know? Yeah. You never know who's going to pop into spaces. You never know, you know, kind of where, where it's going to go. And I like, I like hearing, I mean, you know, you see, you interact with Browns fans all day. Like Mm -hmm. it's just such a unique bunch of people who are not the most, how do I want to say this? The most calm bunch of people, you know, (laughs) like it's just, everybody's always on 10 everybody's always freaking out and you know so it's just like kind of just you know delving in and kind of jumping in there is you know something that's been fun for me and you know they've grown and you know they've become you know a fun especially I mean like the highs of the highs like week one then Katie York makes that kick you know jumping on there it's just like 
just so much fun to just be able to, you know, get on there and celebrate the win with, you know, uh, with people like that. And then you have the lowest of lows. You got the Jets game, you know, having, yeah. getting on there and kind of having to, you know, talk through that. So it's just, it, it's been a lot of fun. And I just, it's just a great place for Browns fans to connect, I think. It's cool, too, that, like, it's, it's there's no editorial work. There's nothing to just pop in and chat. That's what's cool, like you're saying. There's nothing, there's no There's no need for anybody but you to handle it. And you guys can find those. All you need is a Twitter account. I'm sure most of you have, and you've seen them. But if there's some of you who are podcast-only people out there, it's it's readily available. And you can also listen to replays of it and jump around to certain parts mm-hmm. of it, too. So it's got a lot of great features. I'm, I'm really interested to see where Spaces continues to grow and how they sort of meander into this i think they're in a really interesting spot and and, and it's a it's a very futuristic thing that is going to keep growing um you know they coincided with the growth of this the popularity of the space has coincided with the biggest franchise altering move there is right which is the, <laughs> the decision to move on from from baker and we'd be remiss if we don't talk about it i mean we're three weeks into this thing baker has the second i most... mean a lot of like, at least 25 percent of brown's twitter blames me for them getting rid of baker anyway so uh, uh-huh i was gonna get to that i was gonna get to blaming you uh you know sort of as a as a send a send off for some folks but like you know it's funny we're, we're three weeks into this and you see some carolina panthers supporters who have come over from from Cleveland and all of that. And listen, Baker's always going to have people that push the, the, the envelope one way or the other. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. the nature of who he is as a dude. So mm-hmm. you get a lot of that and you kind of started up doing spaces with around the idea where many of us were sort of back channel talking and, you know, you're putting in the forefront. They're just, they're moving on from this guy. And it made a lot of people <laughs> mad. It just, it, it, it made a lot of people, a lot of people mad and it pushed a lot of great content, but also pushed a lot of people doing some really ridiculous things. And, you know, we're three weeks into this and a lot of people who had given, you know, Carolina was this awesome opportunity for Baker, and this was the place that the offense that fit him and all of these things. And when, like I said kind of a minute ago, he's got the second lowest PFF grade besides Justin Fields, who can barely find a way over 100 yards, and he's got the lowest QBR in the league. So, like, you know, if I watch Baker tape, and I think, I think I've been pretty detailed in my takes around Baker for a while, and it's the same guy. It's just the same guy where you'll watch 75% of the game and he can't figure things out, and he's missing throws in the matter that he misses them high over the middle, and you know, there's there's uh, the, the same stuff. He'll find a couple throws here and there, and he's still an NFL uh, borderline kind of fringe starter, but this is who he is, and you, you look at how Brissett is playing and the metrics by which Brissett is putting up. It's early. I know it's only three games into the year, but you see the parts of the game that Stefanski was like, I just needed somebody who could do these simple things. Tried mm-hmm. to outline him in a write-up today about these simple things from a quarterback, and the offense sort of it flips it feels totally different so you know I, I guess I'm kind of asking you to speak to how how gnarly the Baker stuff got because it was really uncomfortable for a while people kind of attacking you or anybody who wrote anything about this is an imminent decision and then your assessment of sort of where they're at three weeks in the year is all these Baker supporters are you know sort of doing this quick u-turn that I'm seeing about DJ Moore killer and stuff like that so it's interesting man so yeah it, it, it is really crazy. Like the first space I ever did was I think after maybe, maybe right before the Packers game or right after the Packers game, we all know Christmas, you mm-hmm. know, four interceptions or whatever. And at some point, and I was a Baker guy, you know, all these Bakers, they loved my tweet about after the playoff game, I said, just franchise quarterback. They love to pull that out. I, like you said, like we had seen, we had seen him be able to perform at that level. And I think, I think just at some point last year, I was like, I started hearing things behind the scenes, just that it wasn't great. And this was after the Odell stuff, not even related to the Odell stuff, but just 
stuff about him on a different page with Stefanski and just just some just some riffs and at some point it's just the play on the field just didn't back up what all that kind of stuff and I was just like you know what I told myself after we were doing spaces and everything I was like I'm I'm just going to take the gloves off I'm going to fully I'm going to fully go where a lot of people probably can't go. And if you ask people in Cleveland on the radio, whatever, they will tell you they probably couldn't have done that because for a variety of reasons. Like you said, it got very nasty. It got Mm -hmm. very, very nasty. People were telling me, I mean, here's the thing, Jake, there were so many obvious things that pointed towards a rift that people just didn't want to believe. And when I would point stuff out like Baker, like Baker not mentioning one word about the Cleveland Browns in his sur- weird surgery video, you know, like that was a thing and people wanted to act like it was completely normal, you know? Yep. And like, that's how it got so nasty is that people just wanted to bury their head in the sand and kind of totally just, just say, you know what? He's coming back. They said he's coming back. And, and that's what it is. And it's just like, I was like, I was like, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm I'm not going to stop, you know? And look, it ended up being right. I don't know. Like, I don't know how many, like I, I've taken my victory laps. I've done, I've done it. But like looking back at it, I just can't believe how obvious some of the stuff was and how just people just didn't want to take it seriously. And I get it. They came out and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski had the most monotone, uh, least convincing way of saying this dude's going to come back and people ran with it, ate it up on all this. And I was just like, it, 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 it really told me Jake is one I just like a lot of a lot of like I a lot of people in this sphere like I don't know if they pay attention to the full NFL and kind of how to the business works of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they like they were like oh, Andrew Berry lied. It's like yeah, these guys lie. Pete Carroll said Russell Wilson's probably not getting traded, and then like eight days later he got traded. It's like these dudes lie. That's what they, they do. Yeah, they don't play their hand, man. You can't play your hand in the public circle. Yeah, it's uh, you're right. You're you've been we've been spot on about it, and we've had conversations sort of back channel through some of these things where it's like they're they're not going to say we're trading Baker Mayfield when they don't have another quarterback lined up. And to your point, <laughs> right. and I know you said it many times, like they were never bringing him back. It just was not. And you can say whatever you want and be like, well, if they didn't get Watts and they were running, hey man, they weren't though. They were going to go I, some I, other I, direction. At, at this point, I honestly think that they would have preferred going with Jacoby for the whole time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Honestly. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think everything's on the table there. They were not, they weren't running this thing back. So, and, and it was a little mutual. It was, this yeah. wasn't one-sided. I, I he, it, from his side, he I thinks think the grass he is wanted, greener. He thinks it is. He thought yeah. it was. Well, thought no, it he was. thought it was. He, I don't think, I think he's realizing that Ben McAdoo's not, not a whole lot greener, but yeah, it was, it was more of a, it was way more of a mutual thing. And I think here and here's the thing, like say what you want about the dude, you know, obviously he's super polarizing, but there's always going to be, and this is what I noticed about his time in Cleveland. There's always going to be a little bit of a, 
I'm a victim to everything he kind of does. People might get mad at this, but that's what the whole letter was. Like he was trying to shift the blame off of him and put it on them, even though nothing had happened at that point. Not one thing had publicly taken place at that point, but he was like, I need to try and switch the narratives on the, the narrative on this dude, on, on these dudes. And so, and look, my understanding is this goes way beyond just what did Andrew Barry say? Eight, eight, eight month journey. Mm-hmm. That might be the Watson part of it. The, the, Andrew Barry, I think was read in probably Kevin's fancy. I think they worked pretty much in unison from even after the playoff win. I think they were, you know, like, look, we can, we can do better. We can, we can, we can make this situation better for ourselves in Cleveland. And I truly, I truly, truly think Jake that they think that both quarterbacks are an upgrade that are on the roster right now. Well, the data tells us that right now they're right. We'll see if it continues on that trend, but that's what it tells us. And I just, I, I couldn't stop la I mean, listen, I, I have kept it as neutral on Baker as I possibly you have, can. You have, I, and people still attacked you for it. You were very neutral. I said I don't know how people can write articles claiming that this offense was bad for him. I will never in my <laughs> life comprehend how you can claim that this offense is bad for any quarterback. And you yeah. and the people were the people trying to claim that this Ben McAdoo. Listen, I'm gonna let it play out, but I just I just never believed that this was going to be Jake, a situation. I never understood. I never understood the people that who said for one that he wanted more freedom and that Kevin Stefanski didn't let him do anything at the line. It do is is that even a fact? They gave him like they, this is how Kevin operates. I think when Kevin gets a guru at quarterback, he'll let him do their thing. So yeah. how we track Watson will be interesting in terms of jumping from one play to hey, we're going to we're going to completely shift this play, shift the formation. Not many quarterbacks do that. They yeah. get usually they'll get two plays, so you'll hear them in the huddle and on the line. They'll get up the line and you'll hear a can call, which means hey, we can run the second play or a rewind. Let's go back mm-hmm. to the first play. That's wasn't, very wasn't Baker's like turbo turbo, wasn't it that? Well, turbo is like hey, next sound we're rolling. But those yes. are the buzzwords. Okay. So there's can okay. rewind. That usually is a two play label. That hey, if yeah. we get this look single high, we're going to go with this play. You know, they, we get two high safeties, we're going with that play. That's normal though. The NFL is not full of people that just change plays all the time. The savants the guys who have a synonymous head coach play caller relationship with the player on the field it happens and maybe they they get there with Watson but that's not like they weren't <laughs> to, to to take a they weren't ha- he wasn't on a leash like he he was getting very <laughs> normal stuff from coaches in the NFL so you know it's just funny i wanted to chat with you on it because i think the the rise of spaces is synonymous with the decision to move and it was polarized it was one of the most polarizing decisions in franchise and Watson comes with it and all of that too. So it was just an interesting time. And now we're three weeks into this thing and it's like, Hey, what did you want? What did you expect? Because if you expected some difference uh, making miracle down there in Carolina, <laughs> I don't know what you were looking at. I really, I really I, don't know what they're looking at. And, and look, I don't want to like, and like people get mad. I, I think I tweeted, I tweeted yesterday or whenever this comes, I tweeted on Sunday. I, I tweeted his, his, his halftime, like stats and i was like how are they winning this game and the i don't know if you watched any of the game the saints were just dreadful to start this yeah. game like yeah the one touchdown was a, a fumble recovery james couldn't hit the broad side of a bar and they just I, I all things aside and you know i i pay attention to every single nfl thing i love the nfl this is my shit mm-hmm. i am all about it i i can't believe people were picking the saints to be a sleeper nfc 
like go deep team at the beginning of the season. This that team is dreadful. That I, I do not I get it Jameson's hurt, but I just there's Alave is gonna be awesome. I don't see it right now. I don't see it. But anyways, I tweeted that. I tweeted stat and his stats were just dreadful at half like forty four yards passing, fifty percent whatever. And people just let let it go. There's like a section of Brown. Like if I was that wrong Mm -hmm. for that many months, I would want to let it go too. But the reality is with the decision that was made by the Browns, it's never going to go away. It's always going to be tied. And here's the thing, Jake, if he was lighting it up down there for three weeks and Jacoby couldn't complete 50% of his passes, what do you think it would be like on Twitter right now? It'd be a miserable existence. It would be miserable. And they would make sure it was miserable. So, and I don't even think you've been over the top. Like, I don't think any of us have. I rewatched the game. I downloaded the all 22 and rewatched Carolina. They're miserable on offense. And I'm telling you, like, they have some chances to complete some throws, but the -hmm. the same stuff. It's helter skelter in the pocket. It's just the same dude. It's the same guy. And, and like, when I, when I watch Jacoby and when I see these stats praising Jacoby after the three weeks, it's just, there's something – you know what one really stood out to me? The target share of – I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but of Amari Cooper mm-hmm. see, is in the top ten right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like he he knows his number one wide receiver. He knows he can get open, and he's like, I'm going to get that dude the ball. And it's just not something we saw before. It's not. I mean, it's like I, I wrote a little bit about how Stefanski unfolds coverages, right? Where he'll like, hey, if we're going to go and empty, we're going to motion a back out. That back's either going to be followed by a corner or a linebacker. That's going to tell you zone or man. Oh, hey, I'm getting man. I'm probably going to pinpoint this sail route by Amari up here on the right side because he can cook this guy. Like, that's what he does. So mm-hmm. it's not rocket science. It's really not. Mayfield just is a, it's a tougher passing window league for him, and he's never grown comfortable with it. And who knows? Maybe he will. But to your point about the numbers, if LaVisca Chenault doesn't take a flat route, you know, <laughs> five, a five-yard throw, 70 yards, it's a 105-yard yard passing game. And I, I, and it's not like Carolina's not working with weapons. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have An- Robbie Anderson. They hey, have they want to let go of DJ Moore. If they, if they think it's a DJ Moore problem, send him a plane then, ticket. Yeah, then ticket. let Andrew Barry know. Yeah, yeah, I love DJ Moore, and he's been quarterback proof, is what a lot of people are saying today. And so that's, far, it's, that's the craziest part. And I was yeah. talking to somebody a little behind the scenes the other day. I was at the uh, I was at the Pittsburgh game. I was talking to somebody who's worked with players before, and I was like, "There's just dudes who are quarterback proof, like Terry McLaurin, quarterback proof, yep. uh, Brandon Cooks, quarterback proof." And I thought, and DJ Moore came up, and I was like, I thought he was, but maybe just nobody is QB proof for that, you know? Yeah, I don't have a great answer for it other than, hey, when things aren't schemed open, it gets harder. It gets harder when you have to be the reason for the for the opening being discovered and when the uh, the answer isn't handed to you. And that's what Kevin got tired of. He said, I'd rather, and this still could, it could still be a problem. Who knows? Jacoby could go downhill over the next eight games. Oh, it's for certainly sure. real. For sure. But like he was tired of saying, I have to call the perfect play at the perfect time. And mm-hmm. it has to be perfect. And even if it's perfect, it might not work out. I need my perfect play calls to have a higher hit percentage i will never blame them for making that decision and especially considering that the next contract for mayfield had to be something uncomfortable so you know i i think i think we crushed it as far as we can cover with mayfield we'll see if it turns around for him i I don't know i'm hoping the best for the guy i really i really do people don't think i'm being genuine about that but i hope he figures it out because you never really want to see a guy wash out but at the rate he's going and where he's at we'll see if this lasts and he continues to start through the remainder of the year but it's ugly, man. It's I've already, really, really I've already ugly. Put in my, I've already put in my head they're getting a fifth-round pick. It's not going to be a fourth. Um, 
can I ask you, you tweeted, or it was an article, you said there's still moments where Jacoby still isn't taking full advantage of what Stefanski's getting open. And that makes sense, because at the end of the day, Jacoby is still a very limited quarterback. We all know who he is. Mm -hmm. Career backup, he's not going to be much more than that. He might, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, someone's probably going to pay him. But what what did you mean by that? Because I am interested in that, because to me is, my whole thing is this is, is this, they've always had a target mark. And I know this just isn't an external thing. This is an internal thing. They've said six, get to six, get to six through 11 and we're feeling good. So we're already two down and the way Jacoby's playing, I think there's a lot of confidence and get obviously, you know, miles and everything, but of getting to six. So what, what's the, what, what did you mean by that? Well, there are throws that are still kind of out there that he's either just mm-hmm. kind of not seeing, or we know week one he missed some of those shot throws Yo, that were sure. there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, like, and, and there's a couple, too, that I thought he's delivered. Like, think about this, that fourth mm-hmm. and two that Amari Cooper kind of drops. Now, he had mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant wide open in the middle of the field. They ran mesh, okay. and nobody sat on the curl. But there are, like, the Browns are at 20, what? They go 26, they go game 230, this last one 29, and I know mm-hmm. the six came from the defense last. But the, you're talking about, I think... If you have a quarterback operate this thing really proficiently and and you have, you know, take advantage of all your opportunities, the way they mix run game diversity with how they operate and the way Stefanski can make things easier for a quarterback, 30 is the target. Like 30 points a game is the target. Now with Mm -hmm. Watson creating when things, and Jacoby's actually been pretty decent at creating. He's had some decent little scrambles. He's so much better in the pocket than I even realized. Me too. Me too. I have to agree with it. Very calm, works side to side. He does a good job. He just doesn't like to rip some throws. That I think yeah. I think that Watson, when he gets back, will be willing to rip those throws in the nature that we've seen him do it. Plus it, some of the added RPO wrinkles that I think Kevin's just kind of like scratching his neck, ready to call some of those things that he's dialed up. And he's well, like, it's just, Jake, of, let me ask you this. How do you, yeah. you line Amari up, you line Najoku up, you line, you have, say, say you have Hunt and and Nick in the backfield with, with Deshaun Watson. How do you stop that? It's very difficult because what they can do is they can say, hey, like the thing that's fascinating to me is, hey, we know that this is something that's next level. Like, okay, we know if we come out in 13 personnel, yeah, not a great personnel group, but we think we have two bona fide wide receivers in that group because we view David as one and we view mm-hmm. Amari as one. We know if we come out in 13, you're going to match it with base. You're going to play a lot of linebackers and you're going to play man. Your check is always man, man free. They knew mm-hmm. Pittsburgh would do that every time, and they just picked on players that Amari or David were covering or being covered by. Like, that's really hard. Now, some teams can match that personnel-wise. When they do, the Browns can also say, hey, that's fine. If you want to keep those little bodies on the field, we're just going to run from 13. We're just going to run counter. We're going to run duo. We're going to run pin-pull from the gun. The way they can mix up their run game and mirror things off of their run game, they're constantly tr- like trying to play this chess match where, hey, if you want to play dime or nickel against 13 or 12 with Harrison and David on the field, we're going to get David matched up with a little guy and throw a slot fade. We're going to get him matched up on a backer and put him in a bind with a two-way go of a route. Or we're going to run an RPO now with Watson where he can have a three-way go. He can throw it right off the bat because he gets that initial read. He can give it to Nick and a lighter box instead of nine guys in the box will only have six seven and then or you can he can pull it and run and create like that's that's the stuff that we, you know we don't think about that because Stefanski has this very formulaic approach 
Think mm-hmm. about getting a quarterback who can do all of it. Plus, this guy's a pretty plus athlete on top yeah. of that. And it's like, okay, well, how does a team go from 23.2 points per game to 32.3? That's how. That's yeah. the difference. So, you know, it's just it's just think about a guy like Kevin who, man, has always had to rely on plays over players. If he can have a player who can create something when the play isn't great, that's why they chased it. And I know some of you don't love it. That's okay. They did it. This here, that's why they did it, because eventually you look at Josh, you look around at Mahomes, they got to find a guy who can do some similar things, and they did it, and you put him with a great offensive mind and running backs like this and an offensive line like this, you start talking about when does it, when does it become realistic to talk about a team? They're the third best EPA offense in the league right now. So, and, and I'm telling you, man, Watson can do every single thing Brissett can. And I know we like Brissett, but you're talking about a guy in the pocket who's very calm, moves progressions. He can he can rip it. He can run it. He can pump fake and pull and get out of the pocket and make plays happen on the run. Um, I think people forget. And I know that, again, the Watson subject is still touchy. I get it. But I think people forget how gifted the guy is as a quarterback. And um, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun offense when, when they get it all rolling, man. Yeah. And I just it, it's just like. It's like, in, and I thought Peter Schrager, he was the first one. I think this was like right before the Jets game, of course. Obviously, they blew the Jets game. But he was the first one in the national media who was like, the hand up. We let, we, the media, the national media, let our feelings about the trade, like personal feelings, blind us to how talented this team is. Because you're seeing it now. And there's just... They're just so stacked from the line. And I know Jed Wills, you know, people who probably shouldn't have all 22 have all 22 access (laughs) and are making Jed Wills video. And like, but like this team is just so insanely talented. And yeah, the defense needs to, needs to play together. TA had a good, had a good point earlier. I think they're what 13th in, in success rate on defense, which is pretty good. It's those big play miscommunications where they're getting screwed, you know? Yep. Yeah, so, that's so. that's the thing that people miss is like the Pittsburgh game is kind of how they play. They play they, a they style that one is... First down on thir- or one yeah. conversion on third down. Yep, that's what they want to do. They'll they'll bend and they'll give some plays up that'll make you kind of like, ah, man, can you cover that? But then they'll they'll make you kick field goals is what the goal is. This is what mm-hmm. they're trying to do. Funnel things to certain areas, have some timely takeaways, and keep everything in front of them. I think that's why... Everybody, including me, is really frustrated with the first two weeks is it's like, hey, man, maybe eliminate calling two coverages based on look call one and never bust. Like, that's the secret. You guys won't give up. You know, the only way that these first four week quarterbacks were going to beat them, even if Zach Wilson was playing, is if they let them beat them because they just didn't handle their business. We win that game by 30 points if Zach Wilson's fucking playing. Couldn't couldn't agree more. No, I couldn't agree more, Joe. It was the perfect... Perfect setup for Flacco to have that type of day. But, yeah, nonetheless, this is good, man. Great stuff. I think this is an exciting – you know, we'll hope that the best for Miles. He's so important to everything. And hopefully that as this – we're recording this at 845 here on on Monday night that by the time you're listening to this Tuesday, there's a little clarity. But all the best to him. And, Chops, man, I I hope everybody continues to find spaces. Those things keep taking off, man. And we, uh, we appreciate your time on this pod a ton, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Okay, guys, big shout-out to Chops for coming on today's show. Appreciate his time and uh, conversation. It's always nice to get a different guest. A weird week. We've had a long weekend, and we'll get into our regulars now. We'll talk with Jared and 
and Jordan and everybody throughout the rest of the week and look around the league and look around the AFC and ask some important questions. So yeah, we'll get to that stuff, but I wanted to to give a little different perspective today. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll try to have different guests on every now and again when time permits, but we'll stick to our pretty rigid uh, in-season schedule as best we can with comprehensive breakdowns, so on and so forth. So hopefully you're enjoying that. Always open to any suggestions or guest suggestions via DM. Never hesitate to fire those over if you do have one. Appreciate you guys stopping by and checking out today's episode. Put up that Stefanski offense article on the OBR. You can find that there under Game Script. Thank you guys for checking out today. Have a great Tuesday and go Browns. <laughs>